Hello and welcome to the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Harditz, and today we continue our Fantasy file series with a look at Mike Davis, one of my, I would say, favorite players in the league. Yeah, you know why? Because this dude has done nothing except ball out with his opportunities. He's a good person, and for some reason, some of you tweeters out there seem to have a problem with grasping the reality that Davis was one of the better running backs in the NFL last year. And I'm going to list some stats to back that up, but let's start at the beginning first. Starts off in San Francisco, couple underwhelming seasons, but in Seattle, if you're a true just football diehard and you remember those years in Seattle for Mike, he was putting together some good games. I remember specifically, I believe it was 2017, Jaguars and Eagles, two very good defenses at that point in time, and Davis was just making them look silly. I mean, truly, a game pass watcher's delight because he knows how to make some guys miss, and he also gave us one of the most hilariously spectacular fantasy football moments in recent memory going into 2019 the hype for Dave Montgomery was incredible everybody assumed he was going to be the starting running back getting 20 plus touches from week one what happened in that first game against the Green Bay Packers Mike Davis got the start and okay he was only there for seven games but just that one moment in time was spectacular I'm hoping and I'm sorry, all you Jonathan Taylor truthers, but we could get that again this year if Marlon Mack gets the first snap for the Colts. He's not going to be the RB1, but he got the first snap last year. It's in the potential range of outcomes, and I would just he- I'm here for it because some men like to watch the world burn, and for me, I like to watch fantasy football Twitter burn from time to time. But with that said, Davis, after the 49ers, after the Seahawks, after the Bears, it wasn't looking great for him, but he did catch on with the Panthers, and he managed to beat out McCaffrey's and come back up Reggie Bonifon, and that's when we really got the major Mike Davis three-down RB season because Christian McCaffrey last year missed 13 games, and that put Davis right in the driver's seat to be this offense's lead back. And again, people, the only stat that tells us that Davis wasn't anyone's idea of a great running back last year is yards per carry. And my issue with that is he averaged more yards per carry than Christian McCaffrey last year. Are we holding that against McCaffrey? Of course we aren't. It's a small sample size. He wasn't running behind a good offensive line. I don't want to hold that against Mike Davis either, though. When the guy is ranking so highly in any sort of you know missed tackles, force per attempt metric, I think we should put more stock into that. Like, I understand we don't get fantasy points for breaking tackles. It's not something that you should necessarily use as a reason to draft fantasy backs. I think it's a good metric, though, to kind of discern what is actually good about running backs because it's the most it's the position that's most dependent on their quarterback and offensive line getting set up for success. So we actually have a stat in forcing missed tackles that isolates the running back in a scenario with the defender to see if he can win in a more one-on-one situation than we usually have with these stats. So yeah, I am going to lean on that a little bit more. And people last year, the only running back to average more missed tackles for us per attempt than our guy, Mike Davis, Nick Chubb. He's pretty good at football, I would say. Overall, Mike Davis, 28th in PFF rushing grade among 47 qualified running backs. I, I Again, yards per carry wasn't good, tied for 39th. Yards after contact per carry with three yards, tied for 19th. So I am putting a lot of stock in that missed tackles for us per attempt stat. But again, you know, I feel like we love using it for guys like Nick Chubb, Alvin Kamara. And then we see someone like Mike Davis and you almost think like, oh, he's the exception to the rule. But no, watch the freaking film. Mike Davis was making dudes miss all season last year. It was fantastic to watch. And I, I, I enjoy it. And I understand if a lot of you weren't making time to go watch Teddy Bridgewater and you know, the 5-11 and 11 Panthers go out there. But on the whole, 
I mean, let's look at this. He had 224 touches. Again, he forced more missed tackles per rush than everyone other than Nick Chubb. He averaged more yards per carry than McCaffrey, and he tallied the same amount of yards after contact per rush. The same amount at three as Alvin Kamara and Jonathan Taylor. So, yeah, you know, we can make some of these stats sound fluffy. I'm doing a little bit of that here, but that's just the rushing. From a receiver, I don't even have to take those, you know, giant steps as much. PFF receiving grade, he was 12th among 46 qualified backs. Yards per out run, 17th. 13th in percentage of catchable targets that were caught, 14th in drop rate, and uh, we'll get to our PFF Lily stat with that in a little bit. But yeah, so we have a player that, at worst, was a solid three-down back last year. That's great because now he doesn't have to worry about Christian McCaffrey. He doesn't have to worry about basically anybody because this Falcons backfield, as we told you before the draft, what we say? We said the Falcons, the Steelers, and the Jets were the three spots where we could really hone in on their running back or whoever the number one was going to be due to the lack of existing competition. And okay, the Steelers drafted Najee Harris. The Jets drafted Michael Carter. The Falcons did not draft anybody, meaning it might just be Mike Davis' three-down RB season. His only competition... Quadri Allison, who was a 2019 fifth-round pick, just has 24 career touches. Trying to get a little bit of hype from him. Uh, I saw some note about his pass-down work today. Like... I'm not buying it, people. Cordero Patterson, I have not a single bad thing to say about this guy. NFL's all-time leader in yards per carry before the 2020 season. Patterson is a guy that should have been a running back coming out. It's not his fault the NFL mislabeled him as a wide receiver. So he's good enough to do both. So I don't know why people have to be hating on it. Last time we saw him, he was bold enough to drop an F-bomb on Nickelodeon. I love Cordero Patterson. And for that reason, it pains me to say that we're not going to see him make any sort of real push for more than a gadget role in this offense maybe i'm wrong if i will i'm gonna be thrilled i just think cpat's gonna have his usual 10 to 20 offensive snaps and just not making too much uh more happen and cannot wait to see his yearly awesome kick return touchdown though which should include uh more great uh sky what's that skyline sky view whatever the hell that camera view that they keep getting him with it's been great also, Tony Brooks James, former undrafted free agent, has gained 11 yards in his 11 career carries. We got Javian Hawkins, who is 5'9", 183 with the fourth percentile of BMI. Caleb Huntley, who has more size, but he ran a 4.82 second 40-yard dash. Basically, we have a bunch of nobodies and Mike Davis, and I did not mean to call Cordero Patterson a nobody. So please, people, and please, Cordero especially, uh, forgive me for that slip of tongue. But people... RB coach Desmond Kitchings, you know, we did see one quote. And again, sometimes with these coach speak, they say 10 things and only one of the things actually gets, you know, tweeted out by Roto World. So that's all people care about. So yeah, he did say the door is wide open for any running back to start. He also called Davis a natural pass catcher and said he tried to recruit Davis out of college. So, you know, with what he's been doing uh, overall since getting there, I just don't think there's any reason to really believe that Davis isn't going to be the starting three down back from week one. It's what seems like he's the favorite to do from the running back coach. And it seems like he's the favorite because of the investment, you know, 3 million guaranteed two year contract worth 5 million. And the fact that, you know, whatever they want to say, whatever the coaches want to say, whatever Matt Ryan wants to say, nothing they can say for the rest of the off season will mean more in my opinion, than their decision to not add any other real resources to this group. If they were super concerned about Mike Davis, there would be another running back there. And Hey, maybe they will sign someone and deal with it. This. But for now, with everything we know, it sure as hell seems like Mike Davis is going to be the man in Atlanta. And in this situation, fourth most available targets and single most available carries. Again, people, Falcons, Steelers, and the Jets were the three rooms we were worried about going to the draft. There's a reason why Mike Davis was almost unanimously called one of the biggest veteran winners of the draft because they didn't feel the need to add anyone else to the room. So I get it. Falcons. 
not the best offensive line we're looking at. I believe we had them, PFF ranked them as the 22nd, 23rd ranked uh, overall unit. They were 22nd last year. And, you know, stat I'm reciting a lot in these running back podcasts. It just doesn't really matter if you have someone particularly like Davis that can catch passes in 2020. Top five PFF offensive line run blocking grade produced top four, top 24 PPRRBs. The bottom five PFF offensive line run blocking grade also produced four top 24 PPRRBs. We got non-mobile quarterback and Matt Ryan. Not having Julio isn't ideal, but when we can also consider that could feasibly lead to more targets from Mike Davis, all of a sudden it could be a good thing. So with all that said, our PFF Lily stat, literally nobody, not Alvin Kamara, nobody forced more missed tackles on receptions in 2020 than Mike Davis. The dude is the definition of shifting. And for that reason, he is my RB19 at the moment. I would take him ahead of DeAndre Swift, Miles Sanders, Chase Edmonds, David Montgomery. I think there's a better chance that a pure three-down roll. That's what it comes down to. I would take Chris Carson, J.K. Dobbins, Travis Etienne ahead of him, though. I think there's a little more uh, certainty that those guys are kind of going to stay at the top of their offense. Again, as much as I love Mike, and I do have him higher than most. ADP, RB3, RB23, uh, underdog, and RB29, a fantasy football calc. Like, if I can get him at the back range of that, that's great. I will say, and we're starting to hear this everywhere in the fantasy community, I kind of agree with the notion that we're talking about the RB dead zone right now. In best ball drafts and fantasy drafts I've done, I'm trying to get, in the first round, one of my big five or six, you know, McCaffrey, Dalvin, Saquon, Henry, Zeke, Aaron Jones, even Kamara. Just get one of those studs at the beginning, maybe even in round two. If Joe Mixon's there, I'm pulling the trigger on that. I'm not loading up on running backs in rounds three, four, and five, though. So I haven't been getting a ton of Mike Davis, even though I'm higher on him, because I think with the way the running backs are flying off the boards in these drafts, I mean, like more than ever, we're seeing like 15 running backs being gone in these like top two rounds a lot of times. So when you see that many guys going, all of a sudden you're comparing Mike Davis versus freaking, you know, like top 10 wide receivers or you know a really great tight end still so davis is someone where i think the industry is pretty in on him in a lot of these sharper drafts if you're playing with your friends and you know people are just not even all familiar with the situation he's going to absolutely i mean that rb29 adp at fantasy football calc which is more for redraft leagues like i hope that comes to fruition because we're looking good if we can get him there just realize there is you know a floor for him it's not the prettiest situation and the contract while it's more than the other people that are there it's still not one where we can absolutely assume uh, they're going to be there. So thank you as always for tuning in to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast, everybody. If you enjoy it, I encourage you to check out the rest of our podcast network, which covers everything NFL, college, and fantasy football. You can recap the NFL draft with Mike Renner and Austin Gales, two for one drafts podcast, or your all 2021 betting content you need with the PFF forecast and also people if you like fantasy football if you like playing fantasy for money you need to check out underdog fantasy underdog's got everything including season long and playoff best ball best ball is a season long game where you draft a team like you normally do but that's it there's no in-season roster management underdog automatically selects your best performers each week saving you loads of time go to underdog fantasy and deposit ten dollars using promo code pff get a free pff edge and description it's promo code pff draft now at underdog fantasy people Hope you've been enjoying these fantasy files, articles on pff.com as well. And, you know, 
Give me a little bit of break here on Twitter when, uh, you know, they're posting videos from these. Right now, I'm about to sweat through my shirt. And, yeah, I've been rocking some tank tops because as I spend these few weeks in my lovely girlfriend's parents' house in New York, who they do not have central air conditioning, as great as people as they are, um, yeah, it gets pretty hot as I try to, you know, sit down here and record for a couple hours at a time. So I am going to let the guns fly. I'll try to get in the gym a little bit more. But, you know, it's hot. And give me a little bit of a break. So with all that said, thank you, as always, for tuning in to PFF Fantasy Pod. Until next time, take care, everybody.